0: I just feel like in the spirit realm, I've felt this for some time now, there's such a stirring in the spirit, there's such a stirring in the spirit across the nations of the earth and there's such a stirring in the spirit in the heart of any Christian that will open themselves up to God and say, God, what are you saying? what are you doing? Because I believe that God is about to turn up the power. I believe that God is about to display his glory in the earth. And I know that this has been a long time coming. It's been a long time for God too. In fact, it's been since the beginning of the earth, since he created the heavens and the earth. He's been knowing that there's been a time when there would be a people especially a generation and generations of people who would seek his face and who would find him and would say, God, it's not enough. We're not satisfied. We're not satisfied with the everyday. We're not satisfied. I'm not satisfied as I walk the streets and see people still suffering. When we have the answer, we have the answer in here, and we have the answer etched on our hearts. He said he would write it on our hearts, and it's etched on our hearts. And when we walk through the streets and we see people and when we go into different places like I was in a hospital this week and you walk in there and you just see the intensity of the suffering and the people who are lost without a God and perhaps facing an eternity without God, it stirs something up inside of you. But this has been stirring in me for months. It's just like God, and it's so deep inside of me and so strong inside of me. Who knows that God doesn't do anything without first revealing it through his servants, the prophets. And then people have a prophetic gift. It's almost like they sense it in the spirit what God is saying, and they carry the burden of the Lord, and then they try and keep it to themselves as long as they can, but there comes a time (laughs) where you can't anymore. Amen. And I know that there are people like us, and I say us because I know that this is a prophetic church. It's a church that is not satisfied with life and comfortability in the norm. This is a church that really cares about people and really carries the heart of Jesus to reach a lost and a dying world with the message of hope, the message of salvation, and of course the power that goes along with the preaching of the word, amen. And uh, I know that I've been I've been listening to some people, some preaching from other nations. It's good to do that. And there's one particular guy. His name's David Herzog. He's in the states right now. He's about 37. And he has three little kids and a beautiful wife, but he has this passion to see God move in miraculous ways, but not just in the miraculous as we have seen. seen, We see healings all the time here, and that's awesome. But he talks about creative miracles, things that people can see right then and there with their eyes, you know, like blind eyes opening, body parts appearing. And uh, he's seeing things like... I just think it's kind sort of weird, but God does weird things sometimes just to wake us up. And, you know, there's bald people in his meetings that are getting hair. So uh, I'm not looking there. And, um, yeah, and I saw it. I saw it on video. Like this guy comes running out. He was only a young guy. You know how young guys sometimes go bald early? And he was just overwhelmed because there was this little... Yeah, they actually took a video because he said, God's touching my head, and he felt fire on his head, and so they started to video, <laughs> like Pastor Phil, okay, let's document this, there's something happened on his, on his head, and they video, and you saw the bald head, it was like shiny, and then you saw the little black hairs starting to grow through, and they reckon by two weeks, he had a bumper crop. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, what does that say, I don't know, anyway, but God does weird things sometimes, and And there's some other things that are happening um, in his meetings where people are instantly losing weight. (laughs) And I was thinking of getting on a plane and going. (laughs) It's like, blow the diet, go to a revival meeting. And there was one guy that lost... (laughs) Come on, he's saying, come on, he's going to pay for the airfares. Um, Be satisfied with the wife of your youth. And um, you, and... um, I still got it. and um, and there was this one guy um, in his meeting. Now, I don't know what American term seventy pounds. I know we used to do pounds, but I can't remember. How much is seventy pounds in kilos? How much? Yeah, so so uh, it's about 140, 150 kilos. Shivers. Oh, it's the other way. I was going to say, the guy would have been dead. Anyway, um, 30 kilos? Is that 30 kilos? Okay, so imagine going to a meeting, standing in the meeting, and you lose 30 kilos. Like that. And I saw the pictures, and he was holding his pants up. He was like, wow. And he was just holding his pants up, and he ran around and around the room he was so excited to have energy and have that weight off and they reckon that within two weeks he'd lost 120 pounds it just kept coming off him supernaturally now i don't know i know god wants to do more serious things than that but i just think you know signs and wonders and sometimes god does signs to make people wonder (laughs) then they get interested they come and have a look and they meet god that's cool that's all right But I'm interested in the more serious issues than hair growing and weight loss. Um, I mean, imagine if they said in America, like, you can get a facelift. And they'd pack the churches out. They'd all be there. Um, But over here, we want to just concentrate on more serious things like healing sick bodies. And... um, we're not up to raising the dead yet, but sometimes it feels like that in church services. We have to raise the dead, and you need faith for that. Amen. But I was I was at the hospital this week, and you know, as some of you might know that my mom has been um, really battling with cancer for about nine years, and she's a great woman of faith. She's a believer. She joined. Avon when she was 73 so she could get inside people's houses and witness to them and lay hands on the sick and she would see miracles and healings while she was selling lipstick and people would ring up and just buy one lipstick to get her to come back and then she would go to just to deliver one lipstick and she'd be there for four hours In that house and she'd come out And she'd just changed the whole atmosphere of that home And just amazing And so she's 77 now And been struggling with cancer for 9 years And just believing that God Is going to do some sort of Miracle in her life that will witness To the generations to come Well she just got a bad report this week That the cancer has moved right through her spine And liver and Lung And she's lost the use of her legs So she's in a wheelchair uh, she's supposed to have in, intense pain because she's got tumors all over her spine and she's just goes she's got no pain. She's got nothing. And so she's in this wheelchair and she's just laughing, singing, having this joke with all the people in the hospital and all the doctors come around and say, you know, dear, you, you have to come to terms with this. This is probably it. And she's going, oh, that's what you say. But um, you don't know my God. And uh, when my God tells me to go home, I'll be ready. Not yet. I haven't finished. But work to do. So I rang her up yesterday and I said, how are you going, Mum? And she said, I'm a bit down today. And I said, what are you down for? Didn't you tell me that you're not ready to go home yet? She said, yeah. Didn't you tell me that your work's not finished yet? And she said, yeah. I said, well, what are you doing? You're sitting in a harvest field. And uh, don't lay there feeling sorry for yourself. Get up and witness to somebody now. And so she goes, oh, that's right. I said, there's three people in your room dying and you want to lay there and feel sorry for the side of yourself or they're going to an eternal hell and you know where you're going. She goes, that's right. So she rang me up in the afternoon and she said, I did what, I did what you said, dear. And I said, what's that? And she's 77. And she said, I went and witnessed to this little old lady. It was probably the same age as her, but she just doesn't get it through her head that she's, you know. And uh, so she was ta- they were taking her down to radiotherapy in a wheelchair to have this tumour in her back shot with radiotherapy. And so she got shot with radiotherapy, and then she comes out into the waiting room, and there's a little old lady in a wheelchair who's just been told she's been given a couple of weeks to live, and she's crying. And mum walks, mum wheels over, <laughs> wheels over, and says to the doctor, can I have a minute? And the doctor goes... I guess so, are you a relative? Yeah, I will be in a minute. And, uh, and so she puts a hand on this lady's hand, she said, Darling don't cry, because you know Jesus, he loves you if you just and she led this lady anyway, to the Lord. Um, yeah You know, and that's a miracle. who knows that? But for me, I'm frustrated because I said to Mum, what do you want? And she said, I want a miracle. I want to be healed. I want to be completely healed. And I'm going, God, where do I get that from? Like, where, where, where is that? Where is this power, God, that was evident in Jesus' ministry, that was evident in the book of Acts, that is evident in some third world countries and some minute areas of the earth where there's things happening and little signs and wonders going on and people being raised from the dead. But where is it now? Where is it in our time, in this place, in this? And and I was sitting there crying out to God, and he just goes, yeah, why not? Why not here? Why not you? Why not? Why not? What's stopping you? And he said, the only thing that's stopping my people is a lack of knowledge. Scriptures say that my people perish through a lack of knowledge. People are dying because we don't have the knowledge. Is it that we need to know more of the word? and We need to go to Bible college? No, I'm not talking about knowledge like that. I'm talking about the knowledge of the glory of God. Amen? The knowledge of the glory. And so I started to seek God and I started to read And these are some of the revelations that God has been giving me. How can we get these things, these things, how can we really come through with the goods and bring promises to earth that will really, really change lives? Amen. And so Hebrews 11.3 says this. Let's go back to the beginning to understand what God does. Amen. You see, if you want to know how to do something, usually it's good to watch God. How did God do it? Then I'll do it like that. How did Jesus do it? Then I'll follow Jesus. So this is our example. So Hebrews 11 says this, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And I began to ask the question, and many others are asking the same questions, did God create everything out of nothing, or did he have something to work with? The scripture clearly tells us that everything that was made was made out of things which are not visible. And so God had something to work with, but it was not visible. Amen. And So what are the invisible things that God used, that God held in his hand so that he could create the heavens and the earth? We know that God can do anything. He could just do that and it would happen anyway. But we need to look at the pattern because God uses patterns. God uses ways. It says that um, the Israelites knew God. But Moses, the Israelites knew the ways of God, but Moses knew God. And it's one thing to know God. It's another thing to know his ways. And we need to know both. Amen. And so it says here in Genesis 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Number one, the first invisible thing that God had in his hand was his own spirit. And God released his own spirit to hover over the earth so that he could create in an atmosphere of glory. And the spirit of God came and hovered over the earth and the glory of God was present, hovering over the earth. And number two, the second ingredient that God used we find this in Genesis 1-3 and God said let there be light and there was light and God said the second invisible ingredient that God used was sound it was sound it was the glory of God and it was the sound in that glory and God began to speak to me He began to speak to me about the realm of the glory of God If we could get in there You know what I'm saying When I mean the glory of God I'm not talking about the presence of God We have the omnipresence of God Which means God is present everywhere, amen God's present everywhere So you could be in a pub crying over your beer And guess what, God is there And many people have been saved in pubs crying over their beers Amen. That's the omnip- He's everywhere all the time. God is everywhere, omnipresent. Amen. And then we have the manifest presence of God. When we're in church and we're all worshipping together and the presence of God just seems so much thicker. I mean, you don't have to be worshipping together. You can have it anywhere. If you want to just press in that little deeper than crying over a beer. Amen. You just press in and the presence of God is with you. And the manifest presence comes and you you feel goose bumpy and you start to feel might feel heat and warmth and love and you just feel, you know, just relaxed and at peace and that's the presence of God. But let's move forward further than that, from the manifest presence of God to the glory of God. And as we press in deeper past that place, we can move into a place in God that is called the glory and the glory is described as a weight or the Shekinah glory of God. It's like a weight that comes down like a thick cloud. The Old Testament speaks of the priests who could not even stand to perform their duties because the Shekinah glory of God filled the temple and they could not stand They they just had to be prostrate out. The glory was so thick and so strong. And God would come in his glory when he spoke to Moses at the top of the mountain. He would come in his glory. And, and Moses wouldn't be able to look at the glory of God. Moses could only look at the back end of the glory of God as he passed by because it was so thick. But even Moses looking at the back end of the glory of God as God passed by, came down off the mountain with so much glory on his face that the people couldn't stand it. And he had to put a veil over his face because the people couldn't stand the glory. That was on his face. You know, it's in that place where we actually get with God in that deeper place of the glory that we can actually, something transpires between heaven and earth. Something transpires because in the glory realm is the invisible, the invisible things of God that we can actually go in, we can come out, and we can speak. And the sound of our voices, if we have been in the glory of God, has the same resonating sound as the very voice of God. Because we are made in the image of God. And if God is speaking through us from the position of glory, then things will change as the very sound resonates. Do you know that every thing in in creation and in matter if it's broken down you break it right down break it right down break it right down the very smallest thing that you can break things down to i'm not a scientist is a sound wave everything breaks down to a sound wave if you get a cancer and you break that cancer and that tumor down it breaks down to a sound wave And if we can position ourselves as people who are hungry for the glory of God and that we'll worship until the glory comes, Benny Hinn says this. He says, praise until worship comes. Worship until the glory comes. And you know that he won't move without the glory. Anybody been to one of his meetings just like, sing it again, Cheryl. It's like... And I've I've actually been standing up in his meetings and I fell asleep standing up, no joke. And I was in the front row as an honoured pastor and I I went, whoops. Because he just was singing these songs forever and I'm thinking, come on, you know, I can't sing this. Jesus, one more time. But he will not move until he knows the glory is there because he knows it's no use praying for the sick from the position of a human being. He has to be in the position of a child of the Most High God in the very glory of God that he can get something happening. Amen? And so if we're in that position of the glory of God and we have been in God's glory, perhaps we've heard a word from God. You see, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And I think we've run around with this faith that just says, well, the word of God says it, and so if it says it, then I believe it, and I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they will recover, and that does work sometimes. But we're not seeing a lot. But imagine if we would get into the realm of the glory and we would hear the very word of God from the mouth of God, even resonating in his own word, And we take that word and we come out of the glory realm with it still all over us like Moses. And then we walk up to the person with cancer. And with the resonation of the sound of the voice of God and the sound of heaven, we would speak to that cancer. The sound wave that that cancer is originally formed from must respond and obey the very voice and glory of God. Amen. It's a whole lot different than just declaring, 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 and we believe it's going to happen. It's this revelation that God is bringing to the earth right now. This isn't just somebody's good idea or someone that thought they'd come up with three points and write a book about it. This is the revelation that the Lord is pouring out right now. Just put that scripture up for me, Sam. Um, Habakkuk um, Habakkuk 2.14. Just put that up for me. See, he says this. You got that? Yep. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord As the waters cover the sea Habakkuk is a prophet He's prophesying that there will come a day When not just the glory of God will cover the earth As the waters cover the sea But the knowledge The knowledge of the glory The understanding of how to get in How to reach in for something that is invisible And bring it out And make it visible the understanding of the glory of God. A people that would understand how to live in a realm where we would have the answers. How would you like to walk into a hospital room and empty it? This guy in the States, this David guy, they bring cripples, they bring the blind to his meetings and there was one cripple guy, his wife was bringing him to the meeting and he was completely paralysed and she was trying to get him into a taxi and it was in one of those crazy uh, countries where they drive like maniacs And she's trying to get him into the taxi, he's got the wheelchair outside, she's got one leg in, you know how you have to lift crippled people's legs in, and there's one leg hanging out, and the taxi driver took off. And so this guy, the one leg that was in there got wrapped around the seatbelt, he fell out of the taxi, and yes, it ripped his leg off. He was on the way to the meeting, so the wife didn't know what to do. and The ambulance came and they took him to the hospital and they sewed his leg on crooked because they didn't care because he was a crippled anyway. What does it matter if we sew his leg on crooked because he can't use the thing anyway, just stick it on the chair? And so she was desperate and she went to the meeting and she heard... This guy speak of the transference. If you've been in the glory, you can actually transfer that glory from you onto any object, and that object will carry the glory of God. He was talking about how he had sat in front of a um, a video of a guy who had been a revivalist, an evangelist, a healing evangelist 50 years prior and he got some footage that had never been released and he sat in front of it and watched it and he said the glory that was in that meeting 50 years before hit him and he got impacted and and imparted with the same anointing that was on this guy 50 years before because the glory doesn't have time or place. It's transferable. And that's how we say, you know, in, in the book of Acts they would... You know, uh, lay hands on handkerchiefs, and the handkerchiefs or the cloths would heal people. The very shadow of Peter would walk past people, and the shadow, his shadow, as it passed by people, they would be healed, because they walked in a realm of the glory that we, as a church, these days, need to understand. So this woman was hearing this. She said, "Well, can they do this for my husband?" And so here, this guy was anointing tissues in the glory so the glory's here the glory's here if you've got sick people that can't be in this meeting come forward and get a tissue so she just got a tissue this guy anointed this tissue with the glory in the glory realm do you understand it isn't like this guy's carrying something special he just knows that he has to get into this place to bring something out to give it away to make something happen so he's in this glory realm and he anoints this hanky or this tissue she takes it to the hospital she puts it on her husband's leg And the next minute, the husband starts to have tingles in his toes. He starts to move the toes of the leg that's been sewn on crooked and it turns around straight. Then he starts to get tingling in his other leg and he says to his wife, I think I can walk. And he gets up and walks out of the hospital and goes to the meeting. Yeah, yeah. Let it happen here, Lord. Let it happen here with these people, in this place. Hebrews 11.1 one says this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The invisible realm. There are spare parts in the invisible realm. There is an anointing waiting to be the answer for people. Amen. I can share it with you next week, but we pray for so, someone in the church, and they've had a miracle, and I'm so excited, and I can't tell you until next Sunday when they actually get it confirmed by the doctor, but so great miracle. And then we've had beautiful Andrew Dash you know, now is being declared cancer-free through the prayers of the people in this house. Amen. We prayed for Sam a couple weeks ago here and he he had bulging discs in his back and now he's pain-free, still pain-free and walking in the glory of God. Amen. So what I started to do before I preached is I started to experiment with it and I thought... Yeah. Okay. This is good. Let's see if it works. So I've been actually getting in the glory a lot more myself, and and I've got a reason to. Do you know? You, you know, it's like I've got a reason to get in there. I've got a reason to spend time, and so I've been downloading music and getting my headphones on and just getting in this zone until I feel the weight. Until staying there until I feel the weight of his glory. And I told my mom, I said, I'm working on it. And when I feel like I'm in there and I've got something from the invisible realm and I've heard God speak, I'm coming to get that cancer. And I'll ring you, even if it's over the phone, because the sound of my voice on the phone, if I've been in the glory realm, will dissolve those tumors in Jesus' name. And I said, I'm not praying for you, Mom, until I got it, because I don't want you to be disappointed. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Certain of what we do not see. I am certain, I am certain that God wants sick people healed. I am certain that God wants lost people saved. I am certain that God wants his glory to be made manifest on the earth so that all the nations of the earth would know that he is their father. And that he loves them desperately, and that they have a home eternally with him, and they don't need to suffer any longer. You know, I shared my testimony last night at a Gideon's meeting, and I was saved because I got a direct visitation from Jesus. He came himself and spoke to me. And I asked him one day, Jesus, why did you come? I know I'm not special, although I am His favorite. Sorry, but. Um, I know I'm, I'm not more special than everybody else. You know, why did you come? And he said to me, I sent many others, and no one would go, and I could not stand to watch you suffer one more day. And you know, imagine what his heart is like right now when he looks across the earth. And there are thousands and millions and millions and billions of people who are suffering one more day and he's given us the answer. Do you know in Hebrews if you read the chapter 11 of Hebrews it's the book of faith. And in Hebrews it talks about all the great men and women of faith and it commends them for their faith. But it says something interesting. It says this in Hebrews 11:39 These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us, they could be made perfect. Do you know why they didn't receive the promise, even though they fulfilled all the things that God had told them to do on the earth? Because the promise is Jesus Christ. And they were waiting for the promise. And they were waiting for a people who could walk in that promise. The scriptures say in Ephesians, in Romans, in Romans eight, it says that all of creation is groaning in anticipation of the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, creation itself is crying out and groaning that we would take this promise that we have been given through the blood and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that we would begin to let it be manifest upon the earth in our lives. Not only all of creation is groaning, all of heaven is groaning too. And if you could hear it right now, you begin to groan as well. And it says here, Hebrews 12.1. And it's talking in Hebrews 12.1 about all the great men and women of faith who have gone before us and are now in heaven. And they are called the great cloud of witnesses. Do you know there's a great cloud of witnesses in heaven watching us? Why? Because it says that together, in Hebrews 11:39, together with us, they would be made perfect. They're actually in heaven right now urging us on, saying, come on. Moses is saying, come on, I went up the mountain, I did the stuff. And you've got Abraham going, come on, I was the father of many nations and I did what I could. And you've got all these great men and women of God. It says that women even received their, 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 their loved ones back from the dead. And some were tortured, with, some were persecuted, some, some were sent to death, still believing in the promise. And there they are up there right now great cloud of witnesses looking down on you and I and say, what the heck are you doing with the promise that's been given to you? And all of creation is growing. So this, this says in Hebrews 12, 1, that's what this scripture means. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders And the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, the author and perfecter of what? Our faith. Jesus is perfecting faith. Jesus is teaching us how to walk in real faith upon the earth. The Lord God himself is visiting his people and visiting his church in a realm of glory that we can walk in. In Jesus' name. He told us to pray. Jesus said, the disciples said, how do we pray, Jesus? And he said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven as it is in the glory realm. Let your will be done here. Let there be a people, God, that will know how to move into the glory of God, that will praise until worship comes and will worship until the glory comes and will lay off everything that ensnares them and every hindrance and every sin to move closer to you, to hear your voice, to see your glory, to walk in your glory so that they can reach into the invisible realm and come back to the earth and bring heaven as it is in heaven. Let it be done on earth. Amen. On earth as it is in heaven. God is saying, just as I created the heavens and the earth from that which is not visible. So you have the ability to bring creative miracles, signs and wonders, salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can boldly come to the throne room of God and get some glory on you and come back down and give it away. Amen. Let's stench our feet. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask for an impartation of your glory right now in this place. Father, I pray now that the cloud of your glory would ascend upon this place, that this place would be like in Genesis. This would be like a gateway to heaven. This is the gateway of heaven, God. This is none other than the house of God. And I ask right now that angels would ascend and descend upon this very place, upon this very people, and upon this very church right now. I ask the angels right now to be released into this place. Place, ascending from heaven and descending upon us, God, and bringing down the glory so that we can walk in all that you want us to walk in, Jesus, that we might have the answers. Father, teach us your ways. Teach us your ways, oh God, and let us walk in them. Father, release it right now in the name of Jesus Christ.